Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Whether you call it self-love, self-approval, or self-compassion, the research shows that learning to accept yourself is one of the keys to emotional well-being and happiness. So today, you'll learn why it is so darn hard to accept yourself and the five things you can do to start practicing self-acceptance right now. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. You know who I am. If I have to say it again, then there's something really going on. You know, if you are watching me on YouTube right now, you know that my hair, I have some serious Farrah Fawcett hair today, so I am outing myself for my age. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what happened. I think I spent a little too much time with the curling iron, but um, hey, if you're curious, you know, go see. I'm wearing a fabulous new shirt, though. Uh, welcome back. You don't need to hear about all that, but you do, because here I am. I'm me. We get to have this relationship where I also just chat with you like a real person, because I am. I'm an actual real person. I Sometimes people are so shocked when I respond to emails or, you know, as me. Um, it is me. It is not someone pretending to be me. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm a real person. And it takes me sometimes a little bit to get back to you, but I like it. If you haven't rated the review yet on Spotify, you can now do that. If you listening on Spotify, which about half my listeners are, you can rate the 
rate the review. Did I say that? You could rate the podcast on Spotify, which I would super appreciate. Um, you just like, I guess, click, put it, give it five stars. Um, or you can actually leave a review and also give five stars on Apple. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. It really helps other people find the podcast and know if it's a good fit for them. So, uh, and I love to hear the love. I read them all. It really makes me feel good. So come on, make me feel good. It's your responsibility. No, just kidding. I teach the opposite, don't I? That's right. It is not your responsibility to make other people feel a certain way. So, and you know, today the Relationships Made Easy podcast is all about improving all of your relationships, right? And and today we're going to be focusing on the one with yourself. <sighs> I'd say that self-acceptance is, you know, something just about, I don't know, every client comes in with it. And I just want to say, you know, it really means that you accept and even embrace just all the parts of yourself unconditionally, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the whatever. And on its face, it seems like it shouldn't be that hard right, to just accept yourself, but it's something all of my clients struggle with in some way. And again, that's why I just felt like it was definitely time to chat about it. A lot of, again, folks have written in about it. I do listen to your suggestions. I love your suggestions. You can email them to me at abby at abbymedcalf.com or go through the website and get to me that way um, on the contact page. Let's connect. Uh, if you haven't checked out the new website yet, by the way, it rocks. I'm so proud of it. It looks great. And, um, you know, you can find all things Abby there. Anyway, so let's moving along. Let's move along. So first, uh, before I get to my tips, we got to talk about what the difference is between self-acceptance and self-esteem. I think people use those two interchangeably and they're not, you know, so they're obviously uh, very connected, but they're different. So so they're they're closely related, but they are different because you've got to focus on self. I want to make sure I say this right. You have to focus on self-acceptance if you want to raise your self-esteem. Self-esteem and I did a whole episode on raising your self-esteem, but self-esteem is about, is really how you think about yourself. Do you think you're a good person? Do you have value in the world? You know, I feel like I'm worthy of this relationship. I'm worthy of a good job, that kind of thing. But self-acceptance is all about acknowledgement and acceptance of, you know, all of you, warts, not warts, beauty, not beauty, whatever, all of your things, the things, it's accepting everything that you are really. And when you're practicing self-acceptance, you're, you're not just looking at the good parts like you do with self-esteem, right? Self-esteem is more about the good stuff. So you're seeing and embracing in some way all of you. And that's why it's, it, it is different. And when you practice self-acceptance, you, I'm talking about you accept your body, your thoughts, your feelings, you know, I shouldn't get upset at that. Yes, it's okay. Uh, I don't like my butt. No, your butt's cute. You know, getting really embracing and accepting is, uh, and what other people think of you. I know that's a biggie. So it's also accepting that it, and well, really it's not caring what other people think or doing your best. Again, I did another fabulous podcast on how to not care what other people think, but, uh, and I'll link to all those in the show notes as I always do it. And, you know, self-acceptance doesn't mean you don't want to improve areas of your life. Of course, you, of course you do. But it means you're also okay where you are right now. 
And I think people often make the mistake of trying to improve their self-acceptance, how they feel, you know, their acceptance of themselves through some kind of achievement, uh, success, you know, getting something, you know, whatever that is. And that will temporarily boost your self-esteem, but it doesn't affect your self-acceptance. So, because, you know, as soon as the the hit of the finished project is over, you're, you're right back where you started. And, and I, there was a really great quote I read and I can't remember where, I'm so sorry. You know, I love to give credit. I, I'm very careful about not taking credit as something as my thought when it's someone else came up with it. And you, you know, if you've been with me a while, I'm, I'm, cause that's important to me, but so I can't remember where I read this. So I apologize if you're the author and you're listening, give me a shout out and I'll give you credit next podcast. Um, but you can think of the difference between self-esteem and self-acceptance this way. Self-esteem is the quality of the fuel you use. And self-acceptance is how you drive on that tank of fuel. Isn't that good? I'm pretty sure that's what the quote was. <laughs> I'm close if I'm not right, but you get the idea. So, so, they're, so they're different. And, and so again, you can listen to the episode on self-esteem, but right now I really want to go after that acceptance. So, and how, look, there is a way and you should, um, yeah, no, I'm going to talk about this right now. Sorry. Low self-esteem and acceptance and low self-acceptance also affect your mental health. And this is really important because I'm trying to get why this is so important to think about. When you think crappy thoughts about yourself, you literally change your brain. The physical structures in your brain, the real estate of your brain, you change when you think crappy thoughts about yourself. There is research, I'll link to it in the show notes, on the website. Studies have shown that when you feel negatively about yourself, and I'm going to keep this simple, but I know you like the science or you wouldn't be here with me. Studies show that when you feel negatively about yourself, the regions in your brain that help you control your stress levels and emotions have less gray matter than people who have higher self-acceptance. Okay, so people who have higher self-acceptance have more gray matter in the region of their brain where we are processing stress and emotions. Now, what the hell is gray matter? Why do you care about gray matter? <laughs> Less gray matter in these regions of the brain? Because gray matter is what that part of your brain is what helps you control all your processes from how you move to what you remember to processing and controlling your emotions. So less gray matter means your brain <clears throat> can't do its job well, and you'll have issues trying to cope with your stress and anxiety. You, it's like the part of your brain, physical part of your brain that's helping you do that isn't there. And this is the nastiest, nastiest catch-22, because when you, let's say, so this is happening, you have less gray matter. When you can't control your stress and anxiety well, this sends out more stress signals in your brain. And now your brain thinks something <clears throat> little is really big. Now your brain is like, well, I was a little stressed about that, but now my, my, my brain is telling me I should be even more stressed about this. So now your brain isn't even remembering what happened correctly. It's not storing the memory as it really was, because again, this all affects your hippocampus. Instead, everything seemed bad and, and like going to worse. And this, it's a cycle that then makes your brain think there's more to worry about. It's like crazy. It just goes crazy down from here. So your worry creates more worry, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
because it's affecting your brain's ability to function properly. And you are affecting literally the physical, the physicality of your brain. So when you're uh, thinking crappy thoughts about yourself, when that critical brain is on, again, I did a whole episode on critical, you know, how to stop your inner critic. Uh, when that's all happening, you're you are hurting your brain physically. And that then is not working well like any other part. If you hurt your heart, it's not pumping as well. It's the same thing here. So you know, so let's say you're worried about how you're performing at work. Let's say that comes up and you're constantly feeling stress and anxiety about your job. You're essentially eroding this gray matter in your brain, making it unable again to function properly. Like, you know, like telling you not to worry so much because you just had a great review or your boss just said, what a great job you were doing. But of course, you know, you know, your brain is not functioning and it's either not remembering that it's uh, not holding the memory correctly, for lack of a better term. It's not storing it correctly. You start to think, oh, my boss is just saying that, you know, because uh, she's new and she wants to impress everybody. I, I don't know. You, you're making up stories, right? <clears throat> or I'm just better than everybody else here and everybody else here sucks. I'm really not doing a very good job. Whatever you're thinking. So it, when it's not, your brain's not functioning and it's keeping the alarm bells ringing. And now then you get even more worried about your job. Because that wonderful part of your brain that thinks rationally, your prefrontal cortex, can't like come online to tell you that you're being crazy you, and, you know, that you're, <laughs> you, and to just calm down, take a seat, have a cookie, do something else. Instead, you spin on this worry and that makes your brain think it should be more worried and sends out more signals to get even more upset. Yeah, I know. You should be freaking out right now if, if you're listening. <laughs> so it's terrible. And again, there's lots of good research showing how this works. And again, I'll link to it in the show notes. So so now you have literally damaged your brain due to your lack of self-acceptance. Yep. Now your brain is neuroplastic, which is wonderful and can repair itself. And you know me, I'm always about that. I'm always about teaching you something. But, uh, but the other thing I want you to keep in mind is now that you have damaged your brain because you're not accepting yourself well, when you do try to use a tool or feel better in some way, the tool either doesn't work or doesn't work as well as it could. That's like another catch-22 of this. Again, there's research on this. So crazy, right? So if, you should still be listening. <laughs> this is an important podcast. You should fully be accepting yourself. So let's get to it. Here are my top five tips to fully accept yourself. All right. So Tip number one, stop comparing yourself to others. Oi, oi from that. That's what my father used to say. Oi from that. Uh, there's like a really famous Mark Twain quote. Uh, Comparison is the death of joy. I hope I'm saying that right. If you're a Mark Twain fan, write in if I did that, <laughs> if I did that poorly. Comparison is the death of joy. If, if he didn't say it, I'm saying it now. It's the worst. And again, backed by research, we now have a bunch of research showing that comparing yourself to others diminishes your self-confidence while making you more depressed and anxious. This is not doing anything for your self-acceptance. So whether you're watching, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians, you're scrolling incessantly through your social media, you're talking to the other moms and wondering how they seem so together, um, you know, why can't I do it like them? It's killing you and you've got to stop. Everyone is always, always, oh, gavolt, how much I, I'm really doing the Jew thing today, aren't I? There you go. I'm throwing out the Yiddish. Get ready. Uh, 
I'm Jewish mothering you because this makes me nuts. I stay off of social media um, a lot. I I don't hang out there. Um, I do not. And uh, we do, you know, lots of posts and things, you know, from my podcast and other things. And I, I write everything that goes up there. You know, it's all my words and things. But I don't sit around. You know, I make a reel. I do the things. But I don't sit around scrolling through people's feeds. I just don't. I, I do not look at it. And I don't do it on purpose because I know. I start watching things. I start getting envious. Oh, why can't I have that? Or I should be doing that. Or I just get nervous even sometimes. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll be talking to my uh, online business manager, Dana, who's amazing. And she's so great. And she'll be giving me some great suggestions for how we could be doing the business better and reaching more people. And I find myself getting anxious and upset because you're like, this person's doing this and this person does this and this person's killing it because of this. And I'm like, ah, you know, and I it, it never helps me. It's never a good thing. It's never putting me in the right direction. Well, you know, but for me, so for example, I have to accept I'm not someone who's going to sit on social media all day and take pictures of what I'm doing. I just, it doesn't even occur to me. It doesn't even occur to me. And other people do. God bless. Go have at it. I it's I, I don't have any like hate about it. I just, I'm, I, I've tried, I'm not going to be that person. You know, I, I managed to do again, like a reel a week and we put stuff up that I've already done and I'm doing it other ways, but to sit I don't know, take pictures of my food or show people my inner self because, you know, that's like a big tip you always hear. Oh, if you want people to get really into the podcast or whatever, you've got to really share more of yourself. And, you know, a great place is social media, share pictures of your kids, whatever. First of all, my kids don't even like when I share pictures of them, so I do not. But beyond that, I just, it's not my jam. I have to just accept it and I have to just move on. Like this isn't my thing. Right now, you know, I've been talking about, I need to lose a little of that pandemic weight uh, that I gained <laughs> and I am, you know, that's good. And, but I'm also really just accepting myself where I am right now. I, if I catch myself looking in the mirror and giving myself shit, I stop. I bought some bigger pants instead of punishing myself, <laughs> you know, that I didn't fit in my old pants. I, I just bought some bigger pants, you know, it, it's, and I didn't buy crap either. I bought some nice, I just bought less. I bought some nice things that I would enjoy wearing that look good, that I felt good about. And it's just about that acceptance. And I'm not saying I look in the mirror and go, oh my God, I'm gorgeous. I feel fabulous. Nope, nope. It doesn't happen that way. And I accept it. I'm like, hey, here it is. I'm aging. I'm this, I'm that. I don't look like I used to. My butt got bigger, whatever. It's just, and now, you know, what am I going to do about it? What, what am I going to do moving forward? But it's without that anger and strife. It's without the self-criticism. It's without the self-judgment, all the things. And so really just, it's so much easier to do when you don't compare yourself. If I was constantly looking at other people who were in my, I don't know, field and seeing them killing it or seeing that they look better than me or seeing whatever, that would, I, I would not feel good. That would be hard. And again, my self-acceptance is lower. It's like, this is just who I am and what I'm able to do. And I do this with my clients. This isn't just about me. So it's something I have them practice a lot where you just stop comparing. I see it a lot with people in relationships. You know, oh, this person has such a great relationship. This person is so this. Or, you know, your ex, you know, is now with somebody else and you're thinking they're having this perfect life and you're comparing. No, just stop. You can't read anyone's mind. I know you think you can, but you can't. You just don't know. I don't care how good their pictures are on social media. I don't care how much you hear about it. You just don't know what's really going on. The example I always give is uh, years ago, all my clients, uh, God, I think like everyone wanted to be 
Heidi Klum and Seal when they were married. See, a lot of you listening don't even know they were married. Heidi Klum, she had a husband before? Yes. Uh, they were married. They had a bunch of kids together and they were like singing to each other on TV and on shows together and they were perfect and everybody loved them. And then they got divorced. Don't know what to say. It's, it's like, you don't know what's going on inside. So to compare, but I have people comparing it. Oh, they do all these trips together. I'm watching all the things and they, they're so in love. They're so romantic after, you know, they were together for years, you know, they were having these big Halloween parties every year that were kind of famous. And, uh, they were talking about that. Look at them. They have so much fun. I heard all the things and then they got divorced. You just don't know. So stop comparing. Stop, stop, stop. If you do nothing else today, do that. Tip number two is to keep your word with yourself. When we don't accept ourselves, we end up... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Full of self-doubt. I would say self-doubt is really how you are knowing regret and self-doubt. I would say that those two are your signals that you do not have much self-acceptance. So. <clears throat> what happens uh, when we're full of self-doubt is we change our minds really often. We uh, value others' opinions more than our own. We waffle. And a way out of this cycle is to keep every commitment you make to yourself. If you start a home project but get halfway through and decide you don't like the paint color, just finish the job. Just finish painting it. You can always change it another time. I promise. It's paint. You can change it. There was a reason you picked that color initially. Let that be enough. Just step back and let that be enough. Did you tell your friends you were going out on Saturday with them, but now you feel too fat and don't want to be seen in public? <laughs> Put on your big girl pants. There's a little joke there that I could say that's literal because <laughs> maybe you maybe you did get chubbier like me. I got bigger pants. Or put on your big boy pants and get your gorgeous friggin' ass out the door, okay? Look great. So cute back there. Love your caboose. Whenever you notice yourself doubting a decision you've made or not making a decision because you're full of doubt about your, you know, your judgment, I want you to stop, breathe, and see this for what is it, what it is. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for self acceptance. You you might mess it up. You might wish you painted the room green later. But it's all about practicing this acceptance of all your decisions and starting to see that they're all right in the moment. They're all right in the moment. You were, and I'm going to say this more in a little bit, but. 
in that moment that you made that choice, you were doing the best with the tools you had. And that changes over time. But that was the choice you made. So just accept it. That's who I was then. That's what I did. And here I, you know, that's all there is. Okay. It's just like if you look, you know, if I look back at high school photos with the my super big teased hair, it was, you know, the early 80s. Um, you, you know, it was crazy. <laughs> and so, of course, part of me is like, what was I thinking? It's the best I knew how to do with the tools I had at the time. Okay. That's how it was. All right. Try it for one month. I promise. Try for one month and you'll definitely see a big difference in how you feel. Okay. Tip number three, forgive yourself. <laughs> Please, I beg you. We, actually, I'll talk more about this now. Okay. We have all acted in ways we regret. Maybe you hurt someone you love. Maybe you dropped out of school. Maybe you stole something, you cheated. I mean, any number of things that you look back on and you wonder, what was I thinking? You, you beat yourself up. Maybe you feel ashamed. And, you know, it might be true that you did a bad thing or you made a stupid decision, but that's not the right question to ask yourself. That's, that's not it. Instead of asking if what you're thinking is true, Ask yourself if it's helpful. Is it helpful to think about this thing or judge yourself? <clears throat> I mean, because you, you can't go back and change anything. And I'm assuming you've learned something from what the experience was. So, so now what? I, I think I've shared before, I think the most shameful thing I've ever done in my life, which still hurts a tiny bit to say, um, is that I checked into drug rehab, a drug rehab a couple times when I was a using heroin addict to sell drugs. Yeah, I want you to really hear that. It's the most horrendous thing you can do. Here are people trying to get well, trying to change. And I was going in there to sell them drugs on purpose. I was purposefully, I didn't do it by accident. I was purposefully doing it. It is the most, I can't, I, I can't reconcile that person with who I am today. I mean, I really, I just can't. I'm like, how on earth? But you know what? At the time, <clears throat> that was the best I can do. I was so miserable. I guess I was looking to make other people miserable. <clears throat> I was looking to make more money and have three hots in a cot while I did it because I didn't always have a roof over my head for a while there. It, you know, and I can't go back and change that. I can't go back and unhurt the people I hurt. I can't do it. I just can't. So I had to learn to forgive myself around this really egregious act, this really hard to reconcile thing I did. But, but I had to do it because it would come up and I would, oh, you know, come, oh, it just always was there with this shame, this anxiety, this embarrassment, this humiliation. And I want to be clear that when you're forgiving yourself, it doesn't mean you're settling or condoning what you might have done in the past. I do not condone what I did. I, I've taken responsibility, and that's what it means. It means you take responsibility, you accept that it happened, and you find a way to move forward because, because that's your only go. I mean, that's the only thing you can do with it, right? Uh, I do have on the website a forgiveness masterclass if you want to take it. It's, you know, five steps backed by research to help. I also have other podcast episodes. Um, 
on forgiveness. Uh, we met with, we talked with Robert Enright back in, I think, September, who's like, Time Magazine called him the Forgiveness Trailblazer. You know, he's a big researcher in forgiveness. You know, there's a couple, there's a few episodes on forgiveness. So if you want to go back and listen or get the Forgiveness Masterclass, you can do that. Um, but you have to work on this. You, you can't just say that's a good idea or, oh, I forgive myself. That's not how it works. I wish. You, you got to work on it. Okay. Tip number four, be mindful. <laughs> I know. You're like, damn it, Abby. Not again. You didn't think you'd get away with it that easily, did you? Of course, I'm going to talk about you being mindful as one of the best things you can do if you're trying to practice self-acceptance. Duh, hello. When you're in the present moment, when you're being mindful, you'll notice that you're scrolling through Instagram, envying others, and turn your attention to something that feels better. Uh, when you're mindful, you'll notice that inner critic in your head and be able to use your tools to quiet that bitch of a voice, <laughs> that beastie voice. When you have present moment awareness, you'll notice that you're feeling self-conscious and self-critical standing next to your best friend. I know because she always looks perfect or he always looks great or whatever. Who They're so put together and be able to see your own beauty instead. I know. Being, I, it's something I come back to over and over because it is the cornerstone. It is the crux. You know, I have a mindfulness starter kit for free on the website. Just go get it. It's in the, on the shop page. You don't, you don't have to put it in a credit card. You know, I'm not sleazy. I don't do any weird stuff. Um, you know, you can get it for free. It's critical that you figure this part out. I've got a ton of episodes on mindfulness and how to do it and how to make it a consistent habit. I mean, Lord, I love you. Friggin' do it already. <laughs> do it. Do it. I'm Jewish mother crazy bossy right now. It's just, there's nothing else. I can teach you all the things, but if you don't remember to use them in the moment, it doesn't really help you. If always you're later going, oh, I can't believe I did that. Or, oh, I just spent two hours, you know, on, on uh, TikTok. What was I thinking? Or, I, you know, you've got to catch it earlier. And hopefully, you know, even before when you catch yourself right at the top of that hill. You know, I always talk about momentum, right? You, if you have a car on top of a hill and it starts to roll and you want it to stop, you don't run to the bottom of the hill to stop that car. You, you're at the top, stopping the car. <laughs> so you got to get ahead of the momentum. And the only way to do that is to really practice mindfulness like a boss, like it's your job, like this is how you get paid. It is the key to your happy life. Please, please do it. There you go. Okay. Did I preach enough? Did I yell at you enough? Do you feel good? You know I love you. You know that's the reason that I get so emphatic. I hope you know that. It's the reason I get so nutty. I just, I love you. I, know, I, I work with thousands of people. I'm telling you what works. This is what works. The research backs me up. I use it in my own life. It's like everywhere. I pull all the pieces together. So that's when I get sort of crazy because I really want you to change your life in the ways you want. I really want, you know, in the ways I want. You know I'm controlling. I want that too. But I really do want you to be happier. So please, please. Okay. Tip number five, find your self-compassion mojo. Why? 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 Why, God? Why, everybody? Why are we so mean to ourselves? Where's the grace we offer others so readily. Where's the patience we show our friends or our kids, right? Why aren't we showing the compassion we give to others, to ourselves, the 
patience, that compassion, what is the dealio? Why do we have such a hard time with that? I did a whole episode on self-compassion and how to do it so and how to get it. So I will link to that in the show notes, of course. But I'll just quickly say here, um, you know, we ta- I, I started studying Buddhism about 20, 26 years ago now, 27 years ago. Wow, it's been a minute. And self-compassion is a, is a construct. You know, it was originally drawn from Buddhist psychology. And the Buddhists basically saw it as relating to yourself with kindness and compassion. That's how they saw self-compassion. And since then, the there is a reigning queen of self-compassion. It's psychologist Kristen Neff. If you haven't gotten down with her stuff, it's time. She's amazing and incredible. And she was really the first person to operationally define the term self-compassion so that we could act, we could measure it and study it and measure it and study it. She has, she's again, a baller in this. And what she says that she says that self-compassion is about just relating to ourselves kindly as we are flaws and all, you know, when you're, when you're self-compassionate, you're able to see the difference between making a bad decision and being a bad person, right? Very, these are different. You understand that your worth is not conditional on a situation, uh, something you said, a thought you might have had, like you're not even allowed to have a bad thought. My Lord, people, like, of course you are. Well, and okay, I'll say it right. So, and she wrote a really great book called like Fierce Self-Compassion for Women. So excellent book, highly recommend. Uh, but you now- Okay, I just want to separate this a little. So you can see how the definitions of self-acceptance and self-compassion are obviously very similar and how practicing self-compassion will definitely help you with your self-acceptance, right? So, I mean, I think, you know, they're similar, but they're different. And so when you're practicing, I'm trying to separate these like I did with self-esteem and self-acceptance. Um you know, so you want to practice that, practice the self-compassion more and more, and you'll find that you're just easier on yourself, that you're kinder to yourself, that you're able to uh, tolerate more from yourself in a loving way. And you can really learn to accept. I did, um, again, I have a whole podcast on uh, self-compassion, but I also have a loving kindness guided meditation. And loving kindness guided meditations have been studied uh, for decades. They all have kind of the same script, more or less. I just did my own, and I'll link to it in the show notes. You can listen to that for free really easily. Uh, it's on YouTube if you want to just put Abby Metcalf loving guide, kindness guided meditation. You can find it there. Uh, but I want you to practice, I want you to do that meditation every day for one week. It's a guided meditation, so don't worry. But if you practice that every day for one week, I'm telling you, you will feel different about your self-compassion in your life. How do you like that? How's that? That's an easy tip, an easy way to, you know, make this operational, what I'm talking about today. So uh, listen to that for sure. Uh, you know, seven days, just seven days, give yourself seven days and see how you feel each day. But it's wonderful because your it's loving kindness uh, meditations are all about compassion for others and for ourselves, and so you're going to get like a win win out of that. I know, pretty good. So I'm going to wrap up with just saying this: you are doing the best with the tools you have. 
the real key to self-acceptance, again, is getting over the self-doubt, right, that I mentioned earlier. Somehow, some way, you need to understand that you're doing the best with the tools you have. And that has always been true. It was true for me almost 40 years ago now when I was selling drugs in a drug rehab. I was doing the best with the tools I had at the time. And that is what helps me have self-acceptance now, self-compassion now, kindness to myself now. Stop the inner critic now. That's how I do that. I go, oh yeah, I'm doing the best tools I have right now. And I always have been. So when you made that decision, you know, to major in philosophy in college, and now you regret it because you can't find a job with your philosophy degree, you can't beat yourself up about that. When you made that choice back in the day, you were doing the best with the tools you had at that time. And you got to remember that today you've got new tools. So you're able to think differently and make different choices. I Like I said, I don't even recognize the young girl who did that horrible thing all those years ago. I don't recognize her. I make very different choices today. <laughs> I can really think differently today. I did use that to learn. You know, I, I've even learning about my internalized shame. You know, it was helpful. Don't just accept yourself as you are. Accept yourself as you were. I'm going to say that again. Don't just accept yourself as you are now. Accept yourself as you were then. Braces, bad hair, bad decisions, whatever. The, what do I always say to you? The past is to learn from, not to live in, right? Start accepting and trusting yourself now. Remember, you know, like any other relationship, by the way, like any other relationship, it takes time to build trust with yourself. So be patient, be kind to yourself in the process hear hopefully my loving voice in your head, because I would never tell you to be mean to yourself, do all the things. Okay, that's it. We are wrapping up another episode of the podcast. As always, I love that you listen to the end. You're the best. If you have great ideas of upcoming episodes or a question for Ask Dr. Abby, um, please email that to me at abby at abbymedcalf.com or go to the website to the Let's Connect page and you can see how to uh, email there. I get those. Uh, I love I love having you here. I love being here with you. Thank you for letting me be part of your life and for the relation this relationship we have. It fills me in so many ways I I I can't even describe. So it's nice to know that I'm very different from the girl I was then to the woman I am now. And this is one of the ways I show that. So I just realized that now. I'm going to cry. You know, I cry sometimes at the end. I love you. Have an amazing week. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. 
My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Kristen. And this is Jen from My Mom So Hard. And we're here to talk about By Heart. Do you remember when you were nursing and you were like, I want to give the best thing I can to my baby? Well, we've got that for you. It's called By Heart. And it is a infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code MOMS20 for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Tell them my mom so hard sent you.